Hey, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? We got the beef in the kettle, baby. Who the fuck cooks beef in kettles? I I do. Okay, you, you boiling beef bastard. I'm not boiling it. There's no water in there. I just like a deep kettle. I like a lot of beef. You don't buy the 20-pound log of hamburger at the store, bring it home and cook it all up, and then freeze it in individual baggies so you don't got to cook the rest of the week? Well, first I freeze it. Then I use it to sodomize myself. Then I unthaw it within myself. That's then a good way to I, defrost. Then I cook it up, and then I pre-portion it, and then I freeze it, and then I eat it. Very nice. I mean, that's the way you got to do it. Hey, I learned it from my You're not supposed mom. to freeze your beef twice, though. That, that's Maybe that's my, why you get sick all the time. That's how my, You can freeze it after it's cooked. That's not being froze twice, then. Okay, that's being okay. froze a second time. Or, you know what I mean? It's it's different once you're... Yeah. <laughs> You've changed the chemical composition. There you go. Wow. What a, a little scientist bit of science we have on, on that hand. ass. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Pasty Nye, the science guy. There you go. Dropping some knowledge on your bitch ass. Uh, so why is this uh why is this meme of Bill Nye bitching about uh uh global warming going around but nobody gives credit to uh last week's night with John Oliver and where That's aired. where I saw it. That's where I saw that's it. That's where it aired. <laughs> and then like now it's all over, but not a single thing mentions or has John Oliver last no, week. No, for tonight. a long time there I was watching like, a lot of Joe shitty. Rogan on Hulu. But then I found John Oliver, and I watched the wrestling thing, and then I watched the Saudi Arabia thing, and now when I don't know what I'm going to watch, I just throw on John Oliver and oh, zone the fuck out. One of the He's best so good. ones. One of the best ones is FIFA. It's an older one, but watch it. The 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 soccer organization, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one of the best ones. Watch FIFA when you get the chance. Oh, nice. Definitely. I, I've been keeping it more to the sciency and the political ones, but that's just where I'm at right now. I'm I'm having a real fun sitting back with my bowl of popcorn and watching these politics go down lately more so than i ever have been in my life oh i've been doing it less so in my life just because of how horrible it is um one one thing i've been doing a lot more of though is i've been ordering a lot more custom t-shirts from a few different places could you guess where Ah, uh, could one be qualities my friend i bet it could mm, qualities t-shirt company locally sourced in Wilmer, Minnesota. Of course you order from them. They're right next door. Man, get your custom tees with your sublimation, heat transfer, vinyl, and decals. They got special gift t-shirts for that special someone, you know. Uh, some sports team shirts, wedding, and concert merch, and t-shirts for any occasion. You want a shirt with a curvy chick body on it so you can do your grilling out, but you don't want to wear an apron because men don't wear aprons? He'll do that for you. You know what? This is 2019. Men can wear whatever they want. Yes, they can. And so can women. Unless you're in Saudi Arabia. Now, who's not in Saudi Arabia is Monster Wear Clothing. <laughs> Bringing you all your small runner bulk orders on decal stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics, along with custom graphics and logo design services offered. Monster Wear Clothing is your one-stop shop for all your self-branded needs. Get your brand out there. Put it on your car. Put it on your face with a custom hand-painted hockey mask. Go to a business meeting with that shit on. I'm sure they're going to take you seriously. 
And you know where Saudi Arabia is at, though, Pasty? Where is that? It's in our galaxy. Yes, it is. And the other thing that's in our galaxy is the Outback Ranch in Houston, Minnesota, where the Galactic Get Down is throwing a party for the entire galaxy. My gosh, when you get there, you can celebrate the 50th anniversary of the moon landing. Act like you're at Apollo 11, like you were there. It's you, and it's and it's Buzz Aldrin, and you guys are just hanging out, and you're smoking a doob on the moon, man, eating the cheese. This is a three-day outer space-themed music and camping festival. If you didn't know by now, if you have never listened to our show or skipped the beginning, as I mentioned, it's at Houston, Minnesota, and it is at the beautiful, enigmatic, and outlandish Outback Ranch. Freaking breathtaking. They're going to have two stages, Pasty. So, you know what that means? No, No, they have three stages this year, Fat Mac. Wow, three stages. They added a stage just they for us, They added a folks. stage, yes. So there's definitely going to be no overlapping music at all, and there is something for everyone. And don't forget that it is family-friendly, and there are plenty of activities on site, folks. Hit up the Galactic Get Down if you want to see artists such as Granola, High Rise, Whiskey for the Lady, Karate Chop, Spare Change Trio, Porky's Groove Machine, Space Monkey Mafia, Reed Grimm, Smoking Joe, that one guy, and hosted by your funky friends, Dead Larry. Who are currently right now in Iowa performing for their 15 year anniversary show, folks. 15 years! Fuck yeah! Also put on by Vicarious Vision and Seahorse Productions. Hmm, and Seahorse Productions will be in the house here at the Flowbane Saloon next Tuesday for the first episode of the second season of Get Local Minnesota. You want to find out more about this festival than we tell you on a weekly basis? This is where you're going to get that information. Seahorse in the high! Hell yeah, looking forward to that one. But I'm looking forward to this episode. We got a lot to go through this week. We have some uh, some long, beat-up, dusty roads to travel this week, Pasty. That is right. In this week's This Week in Pro Wrestling History. Yes, Pasty. On June 11th, back in 2015, not too long ago. No. Not horribly historic, but it was... Kind of feels like it was further back than that. I thought it was. Uh-huh. I thought it was. On that date, June 11th, Dusty Rhodes, my friends, passed away. Yes, the son of a plumber was a mainstay main eventer in almost every territory, and this is back when territories were the way of life. While also being a booker behind the scenes, he went on to be a top guy in both the NWA-WCW production and the WWF, even turning a polka dot rib into a WrestleMania-caliber performance. After having He had to teach his boys how to do it before they had to fucking go through it. For real. For real. (laughs) And he did. And I think it helped them come out better in the long run. Yeah. Goldust would have never been able to own that Goldust gimmick if Dusty Rose hadn't owned that polka dot gimmick beforehand. Right. 
After having spent time in ECW and TNA, the American Dream returned to WWE and became the head trainer in the developmental system NXT, helping future top WWE stars such as Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Charlotte Flair, and Becky Lynch hone their skills. He is memorialized not only as a WWE Hall of Famer and bronze statue, but in the annual Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Tournament. And that's honestly where you'll find some of the best tag team wrestling you'll see in WWE in any given year. Yeah, truly, truly. So rest in peace, Dusty Rhodes. And um, I well, think I'm sure he's resting proud now. I, I think he, he would be very super proud of his sons and what they've done with uh, their careers, their lives, their families. And their the wrestling world. For sure. But going on from uh, one Hall of Famer who will never be forgotten to another Hall of Famer that will never be forgotten, Pasty, it's time for the Savage Sentinel. That's right, folks. And first up on the docket, move over, Dwayne. John Cena will be replacing The Rock and joining the Fast and the Furious family in the franchise's next sequel. Apparently, I know. Woo, woo. Yeah, no. Uh, apparently, a lot of the a lot of the Fast and the Furious crew was pretty upset when The Rock decided to do the Hobbs and Shaw movie because they wanted to get on board for the next Fast and the Furious movie, and everybody makes some money. And so now, I guess, in order to spite them, probably on Vin Diesel's behalf, John Cena's right. going to be showing up. He's going to be playing a badass, and that's all we know about it so far. But, I mean, if you're in Fast and the Furious, if either you're a badass or a bad guy, right? Pretty much, yeah. I, I don't know. I watched the first one. I think I watched Actually, the first Actually, I watched four. the first three, and the fact that the third one... I think I've said it on this show before. Yeah, you said Tokyo Drift was your favorite. The third one is my favorite. favorite and no, no, it's Tokyo Drift was actually favorite. the second one. Was it? Okay, so that's the last I think, one I watched. I, I think it was... Uh, no, oh, that could had be to wrong. be the third one. I'm that wrong. had yeah, to be the third Fast one. and Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, yeah. Tokyo Drift. Uh, whatever the fourth one was, was the last oh, one I watched. They, like, dragged a safe down a freeway and now with a bunch of cars. Like, I don't watch them, but I watch um, There's no cars on anymore. YouTube, Everything Wrong With, you know, so I kind of get an oh, idea yeah. what's going on. And apparently, like, some of the later ones, they've got, like, fucking tanks and shit like that involved. And it's like, that's that's way far from where it I mean, started at. Look, at. look at Hobbs and Shaw. They were fighting a fucking cyber terrorist who was part fucking android. I have no idea what Hobbs and Shaw is about. I thought that it was a remake of fucking Calvin and Hobbs. And then no. all of a sudden it was like, oh shit, there's no tiger. Uh <sighs> But um, not only that, but Pacey, this this probably isn't wrestling related because I don't know of any wrestlers that are on it. But uh, apparently, the uh, Fast and the Furious animated series has been greenlit now as well. Oh God! So look forward to that coming up. Uh, I just I miss the cars. I guess is where I'm at with that series. Now they got tanks. <laughs> tanks for nothing, motherfuckers. <laughs> and now they got John Cena. And now they got John Cena. I was really hoping that we would maybe eventually see John Cena and The Rock in the same movie, but after this move, it probably won't happen now, ever. No, you, you, 
You're going to see unless, those two in the unless same room. Unless this is The Rock and John Cena like trying to work the fans like this is wrestling or something. Yeah, the odds of seeing them two in the same movie are the odds of lightning striking twice. And then, you know, Pacey... People said that hear... about Schwarzenegger and Stallone, too. Untouchables. Had then you'd have to hear the uh, then you'd have to hear the thunder. <laughs> That's right. June tenth, folks. Jushin Thunder Liger officially announced the return of New Japan Pro Wrestling's Super J Cup, the first Super J Cup in three years. Wow. He also confirmed that for the first time ever, the tournament will take place outside of Japan with dates officially revealed for San Francisco, Los Angeles, and Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma! I love tacos, ma. In 1994, Jushin was inspired to propose the Super J Cup, a single elimination tournament for junior heavyweight wrestlers from promotions around the world. The event was an immense success, and from then on, it has served as an irregular Olympic-style event, a festival for the world's very best junior heavyweight wrestlers, and a chance for its participants to shine brightly on a global stage. Yeah, this is kind of cool. It'll be fun. With, with the amount of amazing talent in the junior heavyweight division around the world right now, uh, it, it's really interesting, though. Because another thing I read this week, and I didn't get it to the news, and I should have because it probably should be our headline story, is California is looking to ban companies that use independent contractors. So They're, they're not banning independent contractors, but the companies have to give, or, or they have to have access for independent contractors to um, PTO, to benefits such as health care, to benefits such as life insurance, to, to all the things you would give an employer. They can have independent contractors, but they have to give them all the benefits of an employer. I did read that as well. So yes. that's going to... It's going to rock the world. And things always start with California and spread out. You know what I mean? It's... I think it's good. It yeah. is going... I hate to say this because it is going to hurt the independent promotions the most first. Very much. Very much. Um, especially there's a lot of California-based ones. Um, so that's, that is sad, but it's something that should be done. I think so. They, the, they put their bodies on the line more than most people in any given workplace. I guess I take that back. The, the people it's going to hurt, the independent promoters, it shouldn't be done to because they're the ones who have legitimate independent contractors. Well, I they're mean, the wrestlers who can come and work there, and then they can come and work Ring of Honor, and then they can go to Japan and work Japan, and then they can go to Mexico, work Mexico, and they can do a dark, uh, dark match in WWE. So they're legit independent contractors. The people it should officially affect are the big companies who are now just going to avoid California, right. which are the ones that say you can't work for anybody but us, but we're not going to give you any benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's gonna be very interesting seeing how that all pans out going forward. Pans labyrinth local. <laughs> uh. But um, no, this is really good news. Uh, I'm excited to see it. I will say though, I think I mentioned it last week, and I'm gonna mention it this week. They're going too American on us, and they don't need to bring the Super J. Why not have the Super J Cup have one? event in the United States 
Yeah. And the rest over there. Just do one back in San Francisco. Y'all My thing great is, in San it's Francisco. been really hard this last year for any Japanese or Chinese superstars to get the visas to come work over here. And it always bites them in the ass right before the show. So I'm hoping if they're doing this, they're doing it right and getting their ducks in a row. Oh, I hope so as well. But New I Japan's still think this is some crazy Trump-McMahon conspiracy to keep them out <laughs> because they're competition. That would not surprise me, to be honest. I, I, It feels like it, right? It does. It certainly feels like it. Uh, and, and, you know, speaking of New Japan, I just want to throw this out here, Pasty. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Global Twitter account threw some shade at WWE this past Monday. They put on there, We know there's a real shortage of professional wrestling on Monday nights, so every week we make a new match from our archives free to watch. <laughs> Damn! Way Hell to take yeah. a shot at the, lower, the, the, the lowering ratings. Hell yeah. <laughs> Which, it's awesome that they're putting out free content. Way to go. And this is... That's perfect. That's awesome. It's the right time, man. Everybody needs to move in. Everybody needs to put as much pressure on WWE as possible. If not to take over, to benefit wrestling as a whole. Oh, for sure. I would agree. Even the dogs agree. They agree way too fucking much. (laughs) I don't know what happened. (laughs) Oh, boy. Yeah, things are crazy around the world. And uh, some new news out of Mexico, huh? Oh, yeah, man. This is going to be awesome. Lucha Central announced the launch of a new wrestling promotion out of Mexico, Nacion Lucha Libre, headed by Alberto El Patron and Chavo Guerrero Jr. The debut show will take place... On July 11th in Mexico City at Sala de Armas, they will have a TV show on Mexico's Image TV every Saturday night beginning on July 13th from 10.30 p.m. Central Standard Time to midnight. The Upstart Federation's first show features some great talent, Pasty. Amazing talent, including the Lucha Brothers, Bestia 666, La Mascaras, Dos Caras, Hijo de Dos Caras, Hijo de Dr. Wagner, Sexy Star, Flamita, Daga, well, of course, Ricardo Rodriguez, and a Mexico versus Puerto Rico main event of El Patron, Hijo del Fantasma, who some of you might know as King Cuerno from Lucha Underground, yeah. and Ray Wagner versus MVP, Apollo, and Messias. Other names that are also rumored to be on the roster are LAX, Taurus, Laredo Kid, Puma King, Ray Horace, who you might know as Dragon Azteca Jr., Bram, and Thunder Rosa, who was Cobra Moon in Lucha Underground. Damn, son. Amazing talent. That is a crazy lineup. Why the fuck is Sexy Star in that mix? That's well, definitely Alberto's idea. That is Alberto's idea. <laughs> He's like, I could do some cocaine with her. I can't believe she even still gets work, to be honest. Yeah, for real. I think it's stupid. Yeah, yep. But otherwise, I mean... You that know, is very solid. I would watch this promotion. Just just for the tag teams. 
Yeah, they're not, as far as we know, there's not going to be an uh, English commentary team. It's not going to air in the United States. This is strictly a Mexico promotion. We're guessing that it's going to compete with AAA and CMLL. But with El Patron and Guerrero Jr. at the helm and all of this talent connected to it, it could be cut. This could be the AEW of Mexico. Yeah, yeah, that's what I. That's where the feeling is for sure. You know, I'm not huge on on Mexican wrestling, but I do know like ninety percent of the names on this list, and that's got me real excited. Oh, for sure. And there's, I mean, sort of like. Um, AEW, there's some veterans, mm-hmm. such as uh, Dos Caras and La Mascara. You got Bestia 666. But then you also have some uh, up-and-comers, like, of course, the Lucha Brothers. And Hijo de Dos Caras, Hijo de Dr. Wagner, Flamada Daga, we know all of them. You got people such as MVP, who is awesome. Messias, Puma King, Laredo Kid. I mean, it's just... Bram! That's a gringo. That's a gringo they're bringing in. Good. Who's on uh, TNA Impact. LAX! Holy shit! Ortiz and Santana pasty? Imagine yeah. what they could do when when the uh, the reins are loosened from the American sports authorities oh, to God. the uh, little looser Hispanic sports there authorities. There you go, LAX in a Mexican death match. <laughs> I would eat that the shit up. Put them oh, against man. the Lucha Bros. Let's see some shit. No, let's keep the Lucha Bros safe. Don't right, let the Lucha right. Bros do anything stupid. <laughs> I, I'm happy to see them anywhere, but I need them in AEW. I just want them to be in a place where I can watch them. That's what's important <laughs> right. to me. Hey, good ups on Mexico for having this new promotion and keeping it from America. You deserve that. I hope it does extremely well. Yeah, shove that in Trump's pipe and smoke it. Right. Hey, what if it's a secret deal? Like, part of a secret deal is he's, he's going to get it airing on American TV. <laughs> <laughs> I am sorry, I don't try to get too political on the show, folks, but god damn, we live in a zoo. Every now and then you just <laughs> can't avoid it. You just can't avoid it. If it wasn't all so comical to me, like it's terrifying, but it's so terrifying I can't help but to laugh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, it'd be as bad as having a uh, a show coming out and finding out you're double booked and you may not even get to start on time. Oh no. You mean like Impact's Digital Destruction? Fuck, just like that. I, fuck, oh, that's ironic shit. you said that. I wasn't even thinking about that. Ah, uh, Man, this is... It sounds like uh, Impact's Digital Destruction event is that the sports arena in St. James, New York had double booked the venue and the ring could not be set up until a scheduled soccer game ended. Fuck oh, you, shit. soccer. Football. Football. Shane O'Neill from New York Wrestling Connection and his team pitched in to help and everything was set up by 4.39. Just 19 minutes, folks, before they had to go on air on Twitch. Wow. That's, that's cutting it close. Uh, let's hope they kept Vampiro away from there. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> Keep him off of Twitch. <laughs> uh, had they run good. late with the ring... The plan was to start streaming live with a pre-show featuring talents and the announcers talking to stall until the ring was ready. 
Well, you know, I will say this. for um, Hey, that's a hell of a pre-show for the fans who got to be in the arena to sit there and watch them <laughs> put a ring together at light speed. That would be entertaining. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> Take and my will, money. <laughs> and I will say, for this uh, for this new impact um, hierarchy compared to the old Dixie Carter one, at least these people had a backup plan. Yes. The Dixie Carter one wouldn't have had a backup plan, and they would have aired two days later people setting. Well, no, they would have just aired people <laughs> setting up the ring, and we would have had twenty minutes of people setting up the ring with no commentary. <laughs> so, at least they they thought ahead and were like, "Oh shit!" And you know, again, this isn't a as far as we. I know, want it with this some hyped up like main event style commentary. <laughs> Look at them put on the ring apron. It's amazing. He's he's rounding the turnbuckle. No, but as far as we know from everything that we've looked into, this was not Impact's issue at all. They did nothing wrong. This was all on the sports arena in St. James. They're the ones that double booked, and they're the ones that fucked up. They, yeah. They double booked expecting... That the soccer game would end on time or early, and it went longer, and they fucked up. But I give them credit. They've really been working hard on all of their specials, and they're going out of their way to make sure that they are going to be an alternative, if not competitive, in this increasingly saturated market, just as we talked about with the new um, Mexican company. It's really good. It's really good because, like, lately especially, I feel like, well, it's more so on the Ring of Honor end, but I feel like a lot of these these companies are kind of fading to the void, even though they matter, and they matter to a lot of people. But with the rise of AEW and the, everybody complaining about WWE, it's it, I feel like a lot of them are being overshadowed. I haven't I think, really thought about Ring of Honor at all lately. Yeah, I think both Ring of Honor and Impact have both taken probably the biggest bite of the bullet i mean it's a shame that stone cold doesn't put out new episodes of his podcast anymore because one of the head people from either of those companies or one of the main stars getting on something like that sure could bring some traffic to them well fat mac there's hope why because um stone cold put out a tweet this week and that tweet's re-read readed re-ad Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast will return June 18th with Convo with Tony Khan talking double or nothing and all things wrestling. Holy, Holy shit. Crap. I thought he was done. I don't know, man. Because we had just talked uh, like, what, a month and a half, maybe two months ago about how he was supposed to have this thing coming up with USA where he's sitting and talking, yep. not necessarily about wrestling, but just talking with his friends talking bs yeah and that was it it seemed like that had some wwe connotation with it being on usa and everything but his first podcast back is with tony fucking Khan, which is good tony khan's been making the rounds good for him it is good for him fucking vince mcmahon doesn't do this i mean he did have a sit down with stone cold on the wwe network yeah his controlled environment (laughs) uh I also loved how on the Stone on the WWE Network Stone Cold podcast, how every episode they'd reference him staring at them from across the room, like <laughs> making sure they didn't say anything they weren't supposed to. Right. Holy shit. 
Yeah, it's almost like a WWE studio film. Hey, Vince, hit us up. Try to put us on the network. I, I guess we might be able to handle it. Maybe. I mean, Fat Mac over here can suck a dick. <laughs> I can suck a dick the same way WWE is sucking Netflix's dick, pasty. Because apparently, according to PW Insider... WWE Studios have been working with Netflix to develop original feature films. Multiple films, that is. Woo! The plan is, the plan is to release them the straight Marine onto 7. Netflix's streaming platform in lieu of WWE's usual straight-to-DVD model. The first of these movies, Pacey, is entitled The Main Event. Now, I'm going to give you the synopsis of the story, and I want you, Pasty, to tell me what's wrong with this, okay? <laughs> All right. All right, so, it will tell the story of a bullied 10-year-old boy who dreams of growing up to become a WWE professional wrestler. However, he gets to live his dream earlier than expected when he discovers the secret to having super strength in his breakfast cereal. Bootios? Becoming the Spaghetti Kid. Yeah, it should be the Pancake Kid, right? Yeah, well, how in the fuck does the <laughs> Spaghetti Kid come from breakfast cereal? Does this motherfucker eat spaghetti for breakfast cereal? Uh. Like, does he just take a bowl of spaghetti and meatballs and dump milk in it and call it what the fuck is this? I don't know. That's a really weirdly uh, worded synopsis. Like what? What? <laughs> and he's he's super got super strength. strength. Cereal. So he's got spaghetti big muscles, kid. right? Not spaghetti arms. He doesn't have know. the ability to stretch. He's not fucking Doctor Doctor Fantastic. Fantastic, Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, Mr. Doctor. Ugh. Mr. Elastic, the Elastic Man. There's all of them. But what the fuck is this? Spaghetti Kid because he ate breakfast cereal? Like, that is not part of a balanced breakfast. I'm sorry. Maybe, maybe he wasn't paying attention and poured milk on leftover spaghetti from last night. And, and that's where his powers I came just, from. I just think this is just the most I'm going to make spaghetti this week and I'm going to pour milk on it. And I'll be back <laughs> next week to let you guys know how that works. That is so awesome. And I'm going to put marinara sauce and meatballs in a bowl of cornflake and let y'all know how it is. Because we gotta, we got to get an answer to this conundrum. Right. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. It's so crazy, I don't even have a segue into the next news article, Pasty. That's okay, because I do. Not really. But, Fandango... Killian Dane and Apollo Crews have all returned to NXT. And you know what? I couldn't be more happier. It's good. Because uh, definitely Fandango and Apollo Crews, they, they made me so happy in NXT, and I haven't cared for them at all on the main roster. Uh-huh. And, and hey, Tyler Breeze and Fandango get to reunite on a brand that matters, where they'll be we'll used. We'll see what happens. We'll see if they bring up the old uh, I hope they don't tag not. team, though. I want them to fight. Killian Dane, you know, everybody who's listened to this in the past knows I'm not the biggest proponent of him, but he has impressed me on occasion. And I think in NXT... Hey, he'll get to stand on his own here. That's the only place he'll be able to uh, 
to to showcase his talents. He'll never impress me on the main. Unless roster, he falls so. in with the Lost Boys or whatever the fuck they're called. Mm-hmm, the Lost Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Apollo Cruz though. He was he was better used on NXT, but I was still never a hundred percent behind him. He needs to leave WWE. Yeah, any other company, I think he'd be great. Oh yeah, he'd be an asset in any company other than WWE. Because it's you know what, you know what the worst thing is, Pasty. I'm gonna say it. I'm just gonna say it. There are so many talented people in NXT, and Apollo Cruz is more talented than the majority of them. But they don't deserve to have the spotlight taken from them for him. Um, no, no, that's not what I'm going to oh. say. What I'm going to say, Apollo Cruz is black. He's not going to get the uh, the show that they get unless he starts doing a um a stereotypical black gimmick like Street Profits. They're just not going to push him. He's black. Yeah, it's not going to happen. They they've got Ricochet. And they've got all these other people who are such good athletes. They don't need a black guy who's a good athlete. They have plenty of white guys and Mexicans that are good athletes. I that's that's the truth. I hate to say it, and that's not my thoughts. To me, that's WWE's thoughts, and I I would dare say not only is that Vince McMahon's thoughts, I think that's Triple H's thoughts. Triple H does not for all of the positives you can say about who he pushes. He does not push African Americans, does he, Pasty? No. Women, women, men, anything. Our truth has. I mean, our truth is your is your twenty four seven champion. There's a push. Yep, but. that's a joke. <laughs> Bianca Belair should be bigger than she is on NXT. She's not. She just lost on NXT this week again. I watched. Uh, I watched NXT this week actually. You know, they push the Hispanics, they push the Asians, and I love the Hispanic talent and I love the Asian talent. And there's so many talented Caucasians and I'm not saying there isn't but they seem to just think if you're black we'll put you in there you do a song and dance you lose but you know what by gum the black community will cheer you so it doesn't fucking matter as long as we as long as we show you smiling and dancing buddy it's disgusting and that that's what I see personally it might not be right that might not even be true that's what I see yeah there is a there is a new African American guy. He might not be new, but he's not been on any uh, any takeovers as I've seen, and he really impressed me. I'm trying to f- remember what his name is here, really quick. Remember, that's what I call it when I let my dong out of my shorts. I call it free member. And while Pasty is thinking of that, I think we're going to move into the wrestler's court. Oh, shit. And within the wrestler's court, the first thing we're going to do is an update. It was Keith Lee. Sorry. Have you seen Keith Lee? Oh, yeah, yeah. Has he wrestled? He's he's an amazing talent. Everything I looked up, it said he's just an NXT guy. Has he wrestled anywhere else? Because he's very oh, familiar shit, to yeah. me. He's oh, extremely. Shit, yeah. He's been in Ring of Honor. He's been all over. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, like, was he he's MMA or something? Dude. He's huge. Yeah. He's a big dude. Yeah. yeah. Big dude. I see Vince to push him. I see Vince to push him because he's got this face that. I'm sorry, Apollo Crews cannot express anger. No. He could no, not he be a big bad heel guy. Or at least he hasn't yet. He Bobby hasn't. Lashley for Vince cannot accomplish that either. But I think Keith Lee. 
I think Keith Damn. Is an amazing. Damn. Hell yeah. Where the fuck have I seen him before? He is. He is, and I hate to say this because this might sound racist. He is the African American um, Kevin Owens. Is what I consider him. Okay. You know. Yeah. If I had to, if I had to do, if I have to compare him to a Caucasian, that that's what I'm saying. He is the African American uh, Kevin Owens. And if you're going to be compared to somebody, shit, that's a good guy to be compared. Oh, to. Oh, I think so. I think so. Yeah. No, I love Keith Lee. He's he is amazing. Um, somebody who is not amazing is Ric Flair's former manager, Melinda Morris Zanoni. Is that what we decided? Zamboni. Zamboni. Yes. And her company, Legacy Talent, announced on Thursday night that they have filed a civil lawsuit for defamation over the YouTube video released and later deleted... By the WWE two-time Hall of Famer. Well, what the fuck did he do now? Well, as we noted last week, Flair alleged that Zamboni had embezzled money from him, allowed trademarks to lapse, and that he had documented proof of his claims. Now, Flair stated the statements in his video were made with the permission of his new legal representation. So, this story is kind of ongoing. First, Flair is accusing her. Now, she's accusing him. Um, I don't know anything about this Melinda Zamboni woman. Uh, Flair has a sketchy history of legal affairs. Mm -hmm. Uh, But not recently, as far as I know. Yeah. Let's just hope he hasn't slept with her. This could get real ugly. I'm sure... uh, He has slept with her. Let's not even... We're not even going to, let's, let's hope he didn't, we, we know he slept with her, so that's just. Now he gets to add Zamboni to his repertoire. The limousine Zamboni. riding, jet flying, Zamboni gliding. <laughs> you damn right. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of the update there. I don't have a lot to say on it, other than now we've got both sides of the story, and we will definitely keep you up to date. Oh yeah, that's gonna be as it breaks. That's gonna be some heated shit. Shit. Mm. Did you hear about this, Fat Mac? I might have. I don't know. The Daily Beast has reported former WWE and TNA performer George Murdoch, formerly known as Tyrus or Brodus Clay was reportedly removed from his Fox Nation show, UnPC, due to a sexual harassment complaint filed by co-host Britt McHenry. Mark Henry? Am I reading Mark that? Henry. Brit, British Mark Henry. <laughs> the British Mark Henry is upset. Uh, hey, see, speaking of Mark Henry, was it Wait. not super amusing to see him among the YouTubers trying to get interviews at StarCast? That was great. I love that. I do have to admit also that, um, I don't know that I have to admit, but can we just say that when you're on a show called UnPC, yeah, you, <laughs> can you really be upset that you're being sexually harassed? <laughs> I, I, like, like nobody should ever be sexually harassed in the workplace. But, yeah, I mean, your base show was called UnPC. <laughs> right. What do you, what did you think? Go ahead, finish finish the story, Pasty. Yes. Allegedly, Mark Henry was sent numerous unsolicited text messages by Tyrus. No, he wasn't sent it. What? 
Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Mark Henry. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. Henry. Uh, you, you. Oh my God, you got me confused. Oh, yes. Mark Henry. Yes. He's in this now. Brit Mark Henry. Yes. Allegedly, yes. Mark Henry was sent numerous unsolicited text messages by Tyrus, which contained lewd and sexual statements. Tyrus was questioned by the Hollywood reporter's Jeremy Barr via Twitter about the incident, to which Tyrus responded, no comment and don't message me again. That oh, does he not got sound ghosted. good. He got ghosted. <laughs> ghosted. Uh, I love that our legal proceedings are now taking place on Twitter, too. Right. I think oh, that's just a, thank you, Trump. Gonna have, pretty soon we're going to have court via Twitter. Right. Like, you won't even have to go to the courthouse. Uh, like... You might Skype, maybe, like if it's a if it's a felony, a misdemeanor. Nah, uh, you just gotta type some shit. Oh, in. I'm sure. I'm sure if if impeachment There's does happen, a... Trump will watch it on Fox Sports while tweeting. <laughs> and... Pretty soon, Twitter's gonna have a guilty or no guilty button. Man. It's just gonna be for court proceedings. You just fucking log into Twitter, and uh, it's like, ah, I, I do not. It's the guilty. first episode of Black Mirror all over again. Oh my gosh, first episode of Black Mirror was horrible. It was. I didn't watch any more after that night. People are like, you should. I didn't either. You should. Everybody says it's amazing, <laughs> and it's just the first one killed It was so family. bad. So bad. It was so bad. It was, it was, you know what, I wanted to divorce it, Pasty. <laughs> yep. <laughs> just like uh, the poor King of Dong style. Oh Have yeah. This poor King of Dong style. Freeze the beast, and he's he's so sad. Yeah, the King of Dong style is soon to be the King of Divorce style. Yeah, I went there. <laughs> Joey Ryan Pasty and Laura James, who made headlines back in February of 2016 after Ryan proposed during their Finest City Wrestling Intergender Match in San Diego, California. God, that must have been like... I mean, he was blown up back then. But not to where he's at now. That must have been like where shit really hit traction. Oh, it was great. And you know what? At the time, we posted it. And uh, But now they're getting a divorce. And uh, TMZ reports that the couple actually separated only 11 months after they got <laughs> married back in November 2017. Less than... They didn't even make it 12 months. Just shy of a year. Word of the wise, but, don't... Don't ask somebody to marry you when a promoter tells you to. (laughs) (laughs) So they officially filed for divorce on Tuesday of this week, folks. James noted in the divorce documents that they are calling it quits due to, quote, irreconcilable differences. Well, yeah, half the nation touches his cock more than she does. Exactly. (laughs) So, folks, we have reposted... The 2016 proposal video on our Facebook page. And it is beautiful and it is awesome. And I loved it when I first seen it. So go to our page, check it out. It is the beginning of an end, but it's it's cool. You know, and that kind of ties into his little statement about not signing with WWE or All Elite. Saying he was married to the independent scene. He wants to be independent. Uh huh. Not married. Not <laughs> so. Maybe that wasn't. Control. Maybe that was just him announcing the divorce, and maybe that wasn't him saying he won't be at either of these promotions. That could have been. <laughs> that could have been. I think it could have been. Well, from what could have been to what recently was, it's time for New Japan Pro Wrestling Dominion 6.9 results. 
6.9. Yes. They should have took out the point. I probably would have watched it. I think you may have. Dominion 69. So, this, uh... Can we we make a pro wrestling... Can we, like... Can we, like, fund a pro wrestling porno called Dominion 69? I mean, John we can Coxley. Pornos we, want. we can have John Coxley. We can make all the pornos we want. Dude, I'll just send you my unused Chris footage. Chris All the footage that isn't currently on Pornhub, I'll just send you. I got a good, like, seven hours worth. Kazuchika Chodkata. Pornhub. <laughs> For sure. Let's do it. B-Sticks Podcast. We're getting into producing pornography, folks. Jushin Pound Her Longer. <laughs> Uh, you know. Juice Robinson won't change. Oh, Juice Robinson. Juice Robinson. <laughs> Juice Robinson. <laughs> and the Bullet Club, instead of guns with bullets, it's a fucking bullet dildo. Well, it's a bullet. <laughs> I don't know you could call a bullet a dildo. Everybody listening knows what a bullet is. Anyways. Uh, first off, they started with, uh, they started off hot, pasty. Yeah. A non-title match, John Moxley. The Death the, Rider. The Death Rider and IWGP United States Champion defeated Shota Imuni. Uh, I'm going to try to go somewhat quickly through most of these results, but basically this... I, I took notes. This was basically a way to get Moxley on the card, put him over, and basically deliver the announcement that he's going to be in the G1. Um, so, with that being said, it was effective, but um, this was a match you could have seen on WWE TV. I mean, nothing to write home about. Three minutes and 52 seconds from the looks of it. That's kind of sad. Uh, it was... Yeah, I mean, it, it, it pushed John Moxley. It's another example of, like I said, I'm just, I'm not happy that um, New Japan's just going so American. It, it's, uh, it's really weird. I guess it's probably to draw in more of the American audience, though. You know what I mean? It is. I'm, we know they're trying to expand, and I, I don't dog them they, for they, that. They, they should know, though. There's a bunch of us who don't care if we're watching American guys or not. New Japan is a strong product through and through. Yeah, but there are probably less of us than there are of the people that, you know, they're aiming I mean, for. So. The, only, the only saving grace is it's the United States Championship. And so it's like, yeah, right. you would. But I do still feel kind of bad for Juice Robinson. I mean, I'm sure he was... Happy to hand it down, begrudgingly happy. Like, I want to have a match with you, and if I have to give you the title, yeah, I guess I will. But Right. Yeah, you said that last week. Yeah. But nonetheless, so you and I both picked Moxley. We knew he wasn't going to lose. You and I were not sure if the title was on the line or not, and we knew he wouldn't lose the title. This was, in fact, a non-title match. But that being said, we both got a point right off the bat, Pasty. Your name is Not Sure. Not sure. <laughs> I need to watch... What? Idiocracy. His name is not sure. Idiocracy is an okay movie. Um, 
Compared to the rest of Mike Judge's stuff, not the best. No, done, no, but good. But it's if you, if you don't look at it as a Mike Judge thing, it's it's really good. There you go. Next up, we have Shingo Bingo Tagachi uh, defeating Satoshi Kojima. Boingo Takeji. I'm gonna keep Other coming up with more names for that, these Shingo uh, lost um, the uh, the tournament, and so I just the G1 tournament, and I I figured. If he lost the G1 tournament, they have to give him this one. I picked him. You thought he's going on a losing streak. You didn't. So now I got two. You got one. Not a lot else to say. Hey, we about also this got match. we also got NJ Spew W. Uh, 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 uh. Fuck! What did you just say? The G1. Oh yeah, yeah. The G Spot Climax. Don't know who, just we'll have the G Spot Climax as a sequel. We're having a G1 Climax. Dominion 69. And the G-Spot Climax. I'm down with that. Yes. You gotta have a series. <clears throat> so with that, we got Jushin Thunder Liger and Yoshihashi going up against Suzuki Gun. No, it's Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. Pasty, we were both thinking that uh, Suzuki and Sabre could not lose to Liger and Yoshihashi, but fuck if we weren't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were indeed wrong. Uh, yeah, not. I mean, this was a good match. Not not a ton to say about it. Um, next, we had a six man tag. We had Tanahashi, uh, Juice Robinson, and Taguchi versus the Bullet Club, comprised of Jay White, Chase Owens, and Taji Ishimori. Breathe with the switchblade. My switchblade doesn't breathe. This is a match that, um... Breed. I mean, you could take or leave it. It, it. This is a this is one of the matches, one of the rare New Japan matches that I think you should have been way better than it was. And I think, I think they knew their place on the card. Mm-hmm. Which isn't bad, but when you got Tanahashi and you got Switchblade Jay White, who is just champion and is leader of the Bullet Club, it's like... I guess I expected way more from this. I didn't get it. Switchblade spray white, you mean. Breed with the switchblade. Um, you're scaring me. (laughs) You're really scaring me. Next up, we had uh, Never Open Weight Championship. Tomohiro Ishii defeated... Chai T. Tai Chi, the champion. This was a fucking, as JR would say, slobber knocker. High intensity, brutal exchanges. Uh, this, this could have been match of the night. I recommend everybody watch it. I don't think it was, but it, it could have been. Um... Taichi went through just tremendous pain and really had to fight through if he wanted to keep his title, but it didn't happen. The Stone Pitbull ended up beating him out and taking the Never Open Weight Championship, but oh, oh my gosh, this was... 
uh, of course, we all know that Ishii is super physical. Oh, yeah. Tai Chi is good, but this is this this was one of those where it's like, oh shit, he can go hardcore, and he did. He he went fucking super hardcore. It was crazy. Yeah, that's one I'll definitely go back and watch. You gotta go back. You gotta watch it. I gotta go back. Now this next one, the IWGP Tag Team Championship. Gorillas of Destiny, the Bullet Club, beat Evil and Sonata of Los, Los Ingobernables de Apon. Basically, now this stood out, if for no other reason, than because it was actually more story and gimmick driven, which you usually don't see, but you can see the Western influence coming through in this. Yeah. But it worked. It worked really good. Um, there was not much of the high risk, strong style sort of stuff involved at all in this. This kind of reminded me of the Attitude Era, believe it or not. Uh, it relied on interference from Jado, um, a save by Bushi, and the outcome had controversy because uh, Bushi kind of set it up. So now it, it almost seems like I'm thinking that there's going to be a rematch coming up that would involve Bushi and Jado hmm. going forward. So I, I don't know, but it was really... If you wanted to see a WWE-style New Japan match, and I would say... Let me refresh that. I, w- I would say a late 90s WWE-style <laughs> New Japan match. Uh, not not today's style. I I would definitely watch this for anybody. Let, let's Maybe this, this is going to be one of the first ones they release for free to the American audience on Monday. It could be for anybody who's not familiar with New Japan. IWGP Tag Team Championship match: Gorillas of Destiny defeating Evil and Sonata from Dominion Six Point Nine is the one you should probably watch. I'm excited. Um, I really wish I would have got yeah. to see it this week. IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship, Dragon Lee versus Will Ospreay. It's amazing. I don't know what else to say other than it's Will Ospreay and uh, Dragon Lee. Will Ospreay beat Dragon Lee for the title? Hell yeah. What more could you ask for? Hey, it gave me a point. It did, it did, and at this point, uh, you're you're not up. Yeah, yeah you am, are up. I'm finally up. Now you're up for the first time. I was down until the never open weight championship where we got brought it to a tie, and here's where and I'm. Then up. We were tied all the way through, Two and now you're up. And then we have the intercontinental championship match, which seen Tetsuyo Naito. Defeat Kota Ibushi. Match of the year? the title. This was an awesome, awesome, awesome match. And Ibushi played the sympathetic babyface pasty. Just amazing. What I noticed the most... I watched this with the English commentary. If you didn't watch the English commentary, his facial expressions and his selling... Told the whole story, yeah. You, you would have known, yeah, you wouldn't have needed any 
English commentary that's, that's at all. That's the best thing about some, wrestling. It translates all, it, it, defies, it defies all language barriers. It does. It does. Kota took some severe abuse at the hands of Naido, and it really gave him sympathy, and the fans were just, just behind him. The storytelling was just superb. Naito was the aggressive veteran seeking for his uh, fourth title reign here, and he just gave it his all. And Naito pulled everything unloading on Ibushi until the elusive Destino finally put Ibushi down for the count. That Destino is a B.A. move, folks. Very B.A. move. Um, I, I do want to note here the finishing moments of the match were a bit sloppy. But other than that, awesome. Hey, you awesome, still got awesome, about 22 awesome minutes match. of great content. Oh, fucking nonstop. And then the main event, IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Kazuchika Okada successfully defended his belt against Chris Jericho. In a match that was the first time I think Jericho really put his all in the ring in New Japan since the 90s. This was not a ringside, hardcore, bloodfest sort of match. This was a New Japan style match, which we haven't seen Chris do since he's returned. So it was pretty impressive. Um, Jericho just beat down and overwhelmed Okada from the beginning. From the very beginning. Um, he constantly cut off any comebacks. Okada would start to do something. Nope, Jericho had him down. Jericho had him down. But the majority of it took place in the ring. We did get a good um, uh, table spot. Always got to have a table spot. But just the one table spot, you know? Tasteful. Tasteful it, table. It was. That should be a t- pay-per-view title. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was good, and um, basically the end came when, and to be fair, they both tried their moves over and over again. Okada even hit a uh, code breaker and couldn't get the pin. He ended up missing a Rainmaker. Jericho went for a Judas effect. He missed it. Okada went for a Rainmaker again. Jericho went for a Sunset Flip. Okada sat down on him, got the 1-2-3 pin. So it kind of protected Jericho a little bit. You know, he didn't get beat by a finisher or nothing. Yeah. So I could almost see a... uh, I almost think there has to be a rematch because not only the finish, which was a clean finish. I'm not going to say there there wasn't any dispute about it. It was a clean finish, but it was, you know, I sat down on a sunset flip. Well, I mean, we still haven't got to see the Rainmaker into the the Judas Elbows. No, we haven't. And the fact that it was a very new japan style match makes me think that there is a hardcore bloodthirsty match later on coming up i'd love that oh i would definitely love so it. that ends the pay-per-view with both of us tied at four four 
4-4, pasty. We called it a tie. I'm still winning then. Yep, that's right. Nope. Because what? the tiebreaker was who would win the best of the Super Juniors tournament. And I picked Will Ospreay, my friend. And I picked Shingo Bingo. And thusly, I win in the end. You got it, It's pasty. nice to win off a tiebreaker. That's a, that's a good feeling. We don't get it enough, but it's the reason we have these. Yes, indeed. Which, folks, I hope you appreciate these tiebreakers, because these are some of the hardest things we ever have to come right, up cause with. Right, because it can't week. be, it can't be like... It can't be random, it has to be a straight black or white. It can't be super like, random, black, it can't I be super white. obvious either. No, no, because that's too yeah. much. So we put we put quite a bit of thought into this, and last week, like we had said, this came down to like just a few minutes we had to choose our pony for the tiebreaker because it was about to air on TV in America that morning. And we did it, and it and it worked out in your favor, Pacey. Yes, indeed. You owned it, and I love I love a good tiebreaker finish. That's like that's like a, a wrestling match that goes into OT. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, indeed. Ah, uh, it's good, good stuff. Uh. It's never a letdown. It's never a letdown. <laughs> what was a letdown was pretty much the entirety of WWE's Super Showdown live from Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. Ah, uh. yeah. we're gonna a full. You know, a lot of people would leave this one for the last portion of our complaint section. <laughs> we're opening this can of worms. Right at the top, and I know if you are a wrestling fan and you've followed anything in the past week, you know what we're talking about. And that's oh, for sure. The Undertaker and Goldberg. And full disclosure here, Fat Mac has vowed to not watch any of the Saudi Arabia shows, and I stand behind that. I won't watch them. I won't watch them on the network. I won't watch them on YouTube. I won't even watch them illegally because it's just my pride. But, Pasty said, Fat Mac, we are going to talk the Undertaker-Goldberg match in detail in the next episode. You have to watch it. So, full disclosure, I went out. I found a, I'm putting it out here, putting it out for everyone to hear. I found an illegal link that WWE would not get any credit, would not get any points, would not get any money for me watching. And I watched Undertaker versus Goldberg just so we could break it down today because it's that bad. It was really, really hard to watch. Uh... But WWE got no money and no points from me. For any of this. Same here. So I, I I heard about it. I I did watch it on YouTube, but not on WWE YouTube. There you go. I could not believe what I saw. I mean, I could because this is what you expect. But it's like the worst. It's, what we thought. it's like the worst case scenario out of what you would expect all the way through. Uh, truly, we didn't expect near death experiences, right? Many of them. God, this was hard. Break it down for us, Let's pasty. Let's get into it. So, Undertaker and Goldberg nearly murdered each other in a sloppy, difficult-to-watch eight-minute botch fest. Last week, we had reported the match was 13 minutes. Nah, after the entrances, just eight minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
As you would expect. I mean, fuck, they both take a while to get to the ring. Oh, right. <laughs> uh, in which, not only did Goldberg knock himself unconscious, hitting his head on the ring post when delivering a spear less than three minutes into the bout. Three minutes? But he decided to finish the match. Or to try to. Which resulted in Goldberg dropping Undertaker on his head in an awful attempt at a jackhammer. And Undertaker returned the favor, though not on purpose, on old me- bleedy McHeadbutt door, which uh, he apparently did on his way to the ring too, although they did not show that in the footage. They just showed him walking down the hallway. But you can notice there's a red dot in the middle of his head where he had wiped the blood away from headbutting the fucking door, possibly concussing cool. himself before concussing himself again. And that's a classic Goldberg move, and that's a problem he's had in the past. <sighs> so yeah, it was a it, Undertaker tried to get him in a tombstone, and he didn't get him up all the way, and his head was super low. You could tell even before the move went into full motion that it was not set up properly. Super. Dropped him hard on his head and neck. Folks, we have a slow-mo um, replay of that on our Facebook page. Check out facebook.com forward slash podcast. There is a slow-mo replay of Undertaker. Uh, you can't believe he didn't paralyze the No, man. no. It's botches like this are the reason 90% of the people are not allowed to do this move. Yeah, truly. And now the the one man who Vince could trust to do it probably shouldn't do it ever again. Oh, and let's just say this, Pasty. Okada fucking showed... You didn't see it, but Okada owned the tombstone. Not only giving a beautiful tombstone pile driver to Chris Jericho, but also giving a spinning tombstone pile driver beautifully to Jericho. And might I say... Super safe. Let's see you try that one, Mark. (laughs) Oh, man. We also had the worst knee bar attempt I've ever seen in my life put on by a blown-up Goldberg in desperate need of a rest hold. Like, he's just hugging his leg, and and you can watch Undertaker, like, get his other leg over the other one, so it looks like... Because I'm assuming Goldberg was supposed to do the figure eight, or the, the, the... what the fuck? Grapevine. Grapevine. Yeah, well, Undertaker. What was his called? His leg lock. The triangle. Oh, the Hell's yeah, Hell's Gate. Gate. There the you Hell's go. Gate. That's what it looked like it was supposed to be after Undertaker put his leg over. But it was basically just Goldberg hugging Undertaker's leg, gasping for breath. He was down for a yep. break. It was, it was really... <laughs> I, honestly, beyond dropping people on their heads, I think that was the, the worst spot in the match. Right. <clears throat> Uh, sorry, <laughs> I'm editing this week. It's okay. <laughs> so I guess we can't stop this nightmare without a finish, right? So here comes a spear attempt by Goldberg into a reversal tombstone, but Goldie can't jump more than a few inches off the mat. Which is a recurring problem in this match. He does not get any air in any of the spots, forcing Undertaker to try to lift the full weight of the man. Right. Like like lifting a sandbag. Yeah. That, hence the term sandbag. <laughs> yep. And this was supposed to be the finishing spot, but botched halfway through, Taker did not even attempt a repeat of the spot like you'd see anybody else in WWE do. Oh, we got to reset it up. Redo the last three moves. Oh. 
and get. He's the, a vet. He's yeah. a veteran. He oh, and he looks so fucking disgusted. He called an audible. <laughs> and then he delivered a, a very sad choke slam for the three count. Very sad. After the match, Goldberg actually collapsed ringside, unable to get up and needing assistance. And that video is on our Facebook page. As well as Undertaker just looking furious throughout most of the match. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I here? The official should have called it off after the 52-year-old Goldberg took the ring post to the head. Truly. The call put two legends' lives at risk and had zero positive outcome. Vince McMahon, do you see what we're talking about now? Let them rest and stop begging and offering them insane amounts of money to be part of this stupid fucking dog and pony show. And that's why these gramps are our beef of the week. You can blame it on out of condition. You can blame it on the heat in the arena. You can blame it on Vince McMahon just being a fucking money-grubbing asshole. And the bottom line is, when we say that these gramps... And anybody who allowed this match to happen. God. Not only Undertaker and Goldberg, but Vince McMahon. Painful. Painful match to watch. Uh, knew that this shouldn't have fucking If Undertaker happened. and Goldberg wrestle again, I'll be very disappointed. Goldberg needs some fucking training before. I don't think either one needs to. Well, Goldberg could wrestle again. Undertaker needs to call it quits. Goldberg just needs to not... Yeah, and he just needs to <laughs> right. not yeah. fucking whap his head before the match and not whap his head during the match. Honestly, Goldberg probably would not have hit his head on the ring post if it wouldn't have been so hot in there. He was probably a lot more sweaty than he used to be in a match because his matches don't go that long. It's it's really hard to call all the way across, but it was a bad call on Vince McMahon's part. Maybe, maybe not. We don't know. It was. It was a bad call all the way around. And, And Pasty... You, you nailed... Like, you nobody can say no. Nobody can said, say no to that kind of money. Them these ex- insane amounts of money. If Vince... If, yeah, if Vince McMahon called me up and said, Hey, pal, I'm going to give you $3 million if you let me hook your testicles up to this uh, car battery and shock you for five minutes. <laughs> I'm going to be like, you know what? Mm. Might be erotic. And I'm going to do it. Right. I'm going to do it. It doesn't, you know, I know Especially better, at like Undertaker and Goldberg. Dollars, that money's not even for them. Say, That's for hey, like the next generation cool. of family members. I know members. it's not cool. And, and it's, they know their time is nearing an end or should have been ended it's a long time family. ago in the Undertaker's yeah. case. But John Cena also uh, in the in the whole now. spiel of him um, joining the, the crew now. of Fast and Furious said now might be the time he's he's actually going to consider retiring from WWE, which uh, honestly isn't he already? Well, I suppose. No, he wasn't at Mania though. No more than Undertaker or Triple H are. There you go. Um, he wasn't at Mania. 
But, you know, if, if we're going to talk about the uh, shitty shit that happened at the super letdown in Saudi Arabia, I think we have to mention that uh, Dave Meltzer said certain superstars were very unhappy with the show, Pasty. He said, quote, most guys don't want to rock the boat, which makes sense, and we've heard that from so many people who have left the company. But he said some guys want, some guys wanted to go, but I heard most didn't think they should go. It was an awfully long trip. One person told me if it were up to him, he would. Did you never hear about their their fucking again. schedule that weekend? But it's not up to him, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> and fly and to Saudi Arabia, like, do this show in a hundred two degree heat, um, get yeah, right back on the plane, flying out to California for house shows for the weekend, then Raw, SmackDown, and then you get a break. Plus all that jet lag. You have half a world between you and Saudi Arabia, and you're doing that twice in probably yep. 24 hours. And so let's bring this up, Pace. You mentioned that. Let's bring this up. WWE's schedule actually hurts itself to the point to where Raw and SmackDown, at least now, and we know that SmackDown's going to be different come uh, this fall with Fox, but as of now, yeah, Raw and SmackDown are the two last stops in their rotation. So they spend all that time, let's say Saudi Arabia, but it can be anywhere. Yeah, and then by, by the time shows, you actually hit TV, you're tired. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday... They do all them. Yeah, so how do you expect them to have these good men? No wonder the fucking ratings are down. Mm -hmm. Because how can these motherfuckers even want to wrestle at that point? They've put out their best matches already. It's, it's not a good system. They need to change something. I don't have the answer. Because obviously you're not going to do Tuesday... Wednesday, Thursday shows. I mean, it, it, it's a lot so better have to have. I mean, I get Raw Monday. You get but, the heat um, after the pay per view. Everything's at the fever pitch. And then SmackDown on Friday, that'll be good, you know? Then they have the break. But with it being a split roster, that's only going to help half the people. Yeah. <sighs> we don't fucking know. <clears throat> Is it a split roster, though? Is it pasty? Yeah, speaking of which, yeah, I, I, I have now coined a name to correct asked, the fact uh, that they shortened his name to Mustafa Ali, because I won't ever just call him Ali. So now his name is, fuck it, we're still calling him Mustafa Ali. Took to, <laughs> hey, he took name? to Twitter after the super letdown to announce he would donate all of his earnings from the event to charity. Good man, good job, and big ups from us to you. Take that Saudi money, do something positive with it. This is what everybody should be doing. Fuck, I hope this he took Mansoor's money, to too, because they look exactly like... Mansoor looks like he took Ali's genetics and Seth Rollins' genetics and smashed them together. <laughs> he is, um... That's old Mansoor for you. No, for sure. Everybody who, who went to WWE's fucking super letdown and said, oh, I don't believe in it, but I don't feel like rocking the boat. You can personally donate that money. Undertaker, you want, Goldberg, especially donate that money. Aid for the Please? Middle East. 
So it's like, why does it take a, a fucking mid-card 205 live fucking nobody, which I love and is a super talent and one of the best talents they have. I'm just saying, as far as right. uh, corporate goes, he's, he's nobody. Why is this guy donating his money to charity and not the higher-ups? Randy Orton and Triple H. And Undertaker, who don't even fucking need it. Yeah, who would... Who would First of all, yeah. catch the attention of the media. Fuck, and Triple H should, you know, if he's corporate and, and corporate's putting benefits. on these shows, he should be the one to take his winnings and fucking donate them to circumvent the fucking... Ugh. Triple it's bad. H is a and then uh, there were also 51 men in the Battle Royal, Fat Mac. 51? And this... Was a battle royal where all 51 men started in the ring right from the jump. So yes, Fat Mac, WWE was correct when they said it would be the biggest battle royal in history. It was the biggest battle royal in history. 51 (laughs) men standing. Nobody gets a spot to showcase their talents and abilities. Just 51 bodies in the ring moving around randomly. 51 cocksuckers sucking cock. <laughs> I, I got that point. Uh, what's it called? You know what it's called? It's called <laughs> WWE Super Showdown! Uh, yeah, I did not watch this show. I, I almost did. And I don't think I'm going to watch them going forward either. I'd say we're not going to cover them going forward. (laughs) I thought about I thought about that this week, but it's so much fun. We shouldn't even fucking cover it. First (laughs) of all, it was it was the only thing we had. So I mean, we had the results of New Japan, and then we had the predictions, or the you know, we had to talk about the Super Showdown. But it's like, yeah, you know what? We should we should talk about it because we should put our opinions out there. I think it's it's definitely not just how we feel. Um, the the thing is, it isn't that we're promoting it because we're small enough that it doesn't even matter if we talk about it or not. That doesn't add any mm. views to their pay per views. We know that. I love us, but we know that. But maybe two or three people won't get it because we talked about it. And even if just fucking one person doesn't get it because we talked about it. Fuck, I'm high-fiving myself. And also, the, 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 the attendance shower. in the crowd was significantly down from last year's Saudi show. Yes, uh, I don't remember the was exact it? numbers, but it was a very large chunk less. <laughs> I like well, I like the weekly Elite Dirt Sheet. So yeah, fuck oh, yeah. Oh, All out yeah, sold man. out in less than 15 minutes this morning. Tickets went on sale Friday at noon est, Eastern Standard Time. And soon after, fans took to social media to complain tickets were no longer available. At one point, an estimated 70,000 people were in an online queue for tickets with a maximum of four tickets per person. You know what, Pasty? I keep waiting for the event where they're no longer the darlings and it's not these immediate sellouts. It's not happening yeah, yet. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to happen. We're not dumb, right? It's going to happen. 
It hasn't happened yet, though. So, uh, but you know, the thing is, they're not. Did, did Fight for the Fallen sell out? So what happens? I because Fight for the Fallen is before. Um, not yet. And Fighter Fest is before. I don't think Fighter Fest will sell out though, because I think they're outdoors. And and plus, it's supposedly yeah. We'll we'll talk about this. I, they're outdoors. I would think the gaming festival? would be inside, but oh, I swear to God, they work. said they were going to have it on like Virginia Beach. Well, you would think so. Florida. Virginia no, not, Beach. Oh. That's my. That's where I was. Whatever born. beach Virginia in Florida, beach is Jackson Florida, Hole, Washington. <laughs> Oh my gosh, now you're just... It's Fighter Fest, man. And we'll have that news for you in just a minute. Anyway, Anyways, I will say that I, I would assume after they have a weekly show that, um, you know, people get to see it more and they won't... Obviously, they're not going to sell out in 15 minutes every week, three minutes, two minutes, whatever. But I think it is amazing that with this being their... For, it third, will be their fourth show, yes. Fourth, this will be their fourth show. It will be their fourth show. With this being sold out already, already that's that is for a brand new it sort is. of company. It's also Chicago, impressive. so it's, it's very, a, you know, it's, it, it's logical that it would sell out. I'm sure Vince can still sell out a Raw in Chicago. Right. Well, I mean, yes. But still, that's that's impressive. And since we're going to talk about Chicago here and stuff, uh, uh, one fan asked CM Punk this week, are you really going to disappoint your fans and not show up at, at All Out? And CM Punk responded with, yes. So there's that. <laughs> yes. Another yes is All Elite Wrestling has hired former Senior Director of Live Event Marketing of WWE, Raphael Morphy, to handle their live event aspect of their company. Morphy, who was with the New York Mets before his WWE run and also worked for the New wasn't, York wasn't he also in the Matrix? soccer team after departing WWE, <laughs> um, I believe he was. Yeah, I believe he was. Yeah. He, he had some badass Neil, sunglasses. If I remember right. He also worked with Impact Wrestling, MLW, House of Hardcore, Brian Nobbs' Legends of Wrestling events, and Ooh. with good old JR, among others, via his, his signature move productions company. He's been well-liked and respected within the pro wrestling world for many years. Morphe was at Double or Nothing last month and will be an important part of AEW operations going forward. Pasty, I know most people listening to this have never heard of him, but this is a big hire for the company. I mean, a lot of people want to complain about them signing WWE guys and pushing WWE guys when they want to be anti-WWE or whatever. Uh, Me me as well. Backstage, I I don't think that flies at all. Because you want... The, the backstage minds that were WWE when WWE is pulling ratings. Mm. Me Take them well. off. That is Take them off. Pasty. Uh, yeah, I agree. I agree 100% as long uh, as they leave out uh, Vince Russo, who, who I think is a genius and is, it is super I would love one awesome pay-per-view right. produced by Vince Russo in AEW. Just one. 
Call it AEW on a pole. That's the paper. Do you think that? Uh, do you think? Do you think that it could I be a ten? A perfect ten. <laughs> I had wow, a perfect really Sean Spears has officially signed with the promotion. Spears made his AEW debut at a recent Double or Nothing pay-per-view in the Battle Royale that took place at the buy-in pre-show. The former Ty Dillinger entered at, ooh, number 10 and was eliminated by the Whoa. legless Dustin Thomas. And let me say this. Fuck yeah! Ooh, by the way, Fuck it was yeah. fucking But Ty awesome. Dillinger, when he was in WWE, I don't know what they did to him, but he looked like a fucking kid. But as soon as he's in AEW, he's all man, baby. You know what else I want to say, which is just speaks volumes for all elite wrestling. This is something that has nothing to do with uh, almost anything. This is something that just is praising their vision. I was watching uh, Double or Nothing with my son. And we were watching the Battle Royal. And um, we, we were just talking about the different people. We were watching the whole... I, I, don't, I don't remember when it is now. But we were watching the whole pay-per-view. And my son said something like, Wow. This is a really cool company that has a disabled person in their, in, in their Battle Royal. Has a cross-dresser. And has someone who used to be a man who is a woman now. And he said, that's really cool that they just let anybody wrestle. My son's 13 years old. He's not young. He's not old. But the fact that that it takes somebody... Like, the fact that it's amazing that they, quote, let anybody wrestle... Is great for AEW, but uh-huh. sad that we have to say that. Yes, Shouldn't yes, anybody be so. able to wrestle? It's like that's that's unfathomable. Anybody should be able to wrestle, but the fact that AEW stands out from everybody else because anybody can wrestle is is awesome for AEW, but just sad yeah. for the state. I'll, of the world I'll say we at still the. <laughs> The first time I saw Torso Boy in the Battle Royal, I rolled my eyes and I said, wow, reaching. Yeah. He did really good. He did good, I though, thought didn't... It, he, it must have been so <laughs> difficult. As a torso, how do you even do a Battle Royal? <laughs> I, you know, he's done that his whole life. You know, it's... it's I want him on the show. And we really should. If I we're going to reach out to wrestlers, we should... Reach out to the people AEW hasn't necessarily signed, but is just dropping tendrils on. Because they're the ones who are going to make a fucking difference right. in the next five years. But, you know, I, I work with a fellow who is who has dwarfism. He's, he's a little person. Is he cool as and fuck about it? I, I work with him with a lot of machines. Heavy machines. Oh, yeah, he's cool as shit. And I can tell you stories and I'm not going to tell you now. But it's one of those things where it's like when he has to like get something that's up, 
He just fucking starts climbing like a monkey, and then he just fucking hits it, and then he goes well, down I mean, again. Like, it, like it's nothing to him. Like, he's not like, hey, help me get up here or nothing. No, he just fucking climbs shit like it's... Because he's done it his whole... Right. He's been a little person his whole life that he just fucking owns. It. Like, it's nothing to him. Like, that's just a way of life. He doesn't see it as, oh, I'm doing something cool. I'm a little person who's touching this thing way up there. He's just like... Okay, well, I'd make I'd make a big what, fucking what, what, deal out of what? every time I'd be well, yelling from the top of whatever down. I climbed up. Look at me! <laughs> but he doesn't. He just fucking owns it and goes down without even Badass. anybody noticing. It's awesome. Badass. You know who else is badass? It's Hell like yeah! Dustin Artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Artist formerly known as Seven. Artist formerly known as Black Rain. Artist formerly known as The Natural. I think so. I was just... Seven? Six? What is it? Okay. I said seven. (laughs) I didn't say six, but I think that was uh, Sean Waltman. Were they six and seven at the same time? Reynolds, he's been cast... Okay, that would have been fun. No. (laughs) Where's the the rest? That's (laughs) what I'd be wondering. Dustin Reynolds has been cast in a wrestling-themed movie pasty called Thunderclap. Now, there I've had Thunderclap before. Kid named Spaghetti Boy in this one. But, yeah, I know, right? The plot of the movie, according to the movie's Twitter account, is, quote, a shy 17-year-old... And then eats cereal and is called the Spaghetti Kid? No way! <laughs> Thunderclap tenor... Uh, he's spaghetti, and he is called the Cheerios Kid. Nobody knows where they got the plot from. It's amazing. Uh, uh, it's Paul Blart Mall Cop uh, and and and, and Observe and Report all over again. Uh, oh no, shit. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. The movie's Nothing called Thunderclap. It's great. Plus, if Dustin it's Reynolds fantastic. is a creepy old wrestler hanging out it's with a 17-year-old, <laughs> I could be okay with that. What if it's a what if it's a spin-off of the Rocky movie where Hulk Hogan played Thunderlips and now Brooke Hogan is playing a down and out fucking ex-model who got the clap from trying to work her way up through the modeling gigs? Thunderclap! Uh. She doesn't know how it. she'll I get rid it. of it. Penicillin is her best friend. And she's a stripper at the mall who introduces her to penicillin. <laughs> oh, I want another stripper named penicillin. Because she would both give you the disease and be... I'll be your cure, baby. The cure. For what? You'll find wow! out. Wow! <laughs> right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Thunderclap. Uh, that was just that was Thor from from the last Avengers movie, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that was when he farts. It's the, it's the thunderclap. Uh, fuck. So yeah, this is huge. Uh-huh. During an E3 press conference, Kenny Omega sat down and talked about Fighter Fest at E3. 
and drop news that AEW's premier wrestling and gaming festival will air for free on Bleacher Report Live. And I mean, it's Kenny Omega. He loves Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, any kind of fucking vintage fighting game. He's all about it. And this this was completely put together by him. So of course it would have a fucking gaming tournaments. Hell yeah. Too right. Uh, and he dropped news that it will air for free. I already said this. I already said that. But that. that's, that's what it's worth noting that. a second time. For free. Everybody wanted to complain yeah, right, about 50 bucks awesome, for double or nothing, free. which turned out to be well worth it. Double or nothing sold out. Fighter Fest is free, so it right. doesn't matter if it's sold out. I'm sure or not, it's going to be awesome. It's free due to the decision to stream the event on Bleacher Report live for free. Chris Jericho wrote in a tweet in protest of Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Nick Jackson, and Mac Jackson's foolish decision to give the Fighter Fest live stream away to AEW fans for free. I'm pulling out of the event. I refuse to be associated with such shameless what? pandering. Fozzie also tweeted, Regrettably, and after much and careful and difficult consideration, we want to let you know that Fozzie won't be performing at Fire, Fighter Fest. Due to incompetence of stupid promoters, <laughs> we're not confident that we would have what we need to give you fans a quality performance. What's the end of this? Statement was completely taken from Blink-182 when they backed off of Firefest, folks. This led to Slipknot's Corey Taylor getting involved in announcing that he was pulling out of the festival, standing in solidarity with Jericho. Taylor wrote, Was hoping it wouldn't come to this, but I've decided to pull out of Firefest because of unsafe conditions and a lack of real consideration for the talent or the fans. Standing in solidarity with Jericho... And I hope that this will be a reminder that we must be strong. <laughs> I love that he says he's must backing off. Strong. He doesn't say Slipknot. He doesn't say Stone Sour. Because <laughs> they were never booked in the first place, folks. <laughs> All right. I, I think it's... This is just great. This is... Jericho is owning his character with AEW. He's really pushing... He's... Can I say this, Pacey? He's trying hard to make sure that even as the biggest name in this company, mm -hmm. he is the most hated person. He doesn't want to be the most beloved. And he's doing it he all for the be benefit the of the company. Hated. It's beautiful. Oh, truly. Kenny Omega's like, I want to do a spoof on Firefest called Fighter Fest. Chris Jericho's like, sweet, I'm going to back out of it because you need that. He should have picked a so rapper in the future, to build the this with, is, though, like, right? <laughs> you just bring, uh, bring Ja Rule. Rule. That would have been fucking ja Rule, epic. That would have been awesome. <sighs> the question is, going forward, can Chris Jericho, you know, BT Dubs? Such, I love Ja Rule's even, music. He's not even such I'm a saying it. In Murder Inc. Love him. You said it. Um, he's not even, he's not even, um, such a heel in Japan because 
they still chant Y2J, Y2J, <laughs> Y2J. So it's like, can he still actually get people to hate him in AEW? He's trying his damnedest, but it's, it's going to be, be that. It's going to be that. It's going to be a chore. Chris Jericho can get people to boo him. They're still going to love him through the boos, but. Yeah. He can get WWE guys to boo him. Can he I get think so. AEW guys to boo him? It, you know, That's you the keep question. putting them up. Uh, Keep putting them up against like the I favorites so. and the indie darlings. Oh yeah, you'll get Chris Jericho booed on a regular basis. I hope so. I would like to see a face turn somewhere down the line, so. but like it's got to be right before his contract is up. Oh yeah. Have one glorious run for maybe six months as a face, but the rest of it should be it should be this. This is beautiful and it works perfectly with their vision for what Fighter Fest is going to be. Beautiful, I want I want everybody to show up and time to start and like there's no apron around the ring, like the canvas is on but the turnbuckles uh, the covers aren't on. <laughs> I want them to give out them fucking cheese sandwiches with the two pieces of lettuce to everybody. They, they got a whole bunch that of FEMA tents awesome. all around. There's no chairs. <laughs> Everybody's sitting on air awesome. mattresses. Yeah. Oh yeah. Just I want this to be I want I want it to be a glorious, beautiful, successful train wreck. I love it so much. It's gonna be It'll be good. I mean these guys got a few years these guys got a while to go before they fuck up. And they're gonna fuck up. We know everybody is always fucked up. But they got a while to go yet. I mean, they're still riding high yet. The fact that they sold out in 15 minutes on Double or Nothing is... Uh, or on, um, it is it is great. And I really haven't seen awesome. that many WWE fanboys going, Oh, it took them 15 minutes to sell out. Because... <laughs> right. Well, Even no, if they put WWE tickets out six months in advance. Sell out. No, Wait, I'm just else looking forward to everything, man. It's going to be good. We're going to have a good show next week. Make sure to tune in. New game! Fun. We got a new game for y'all. That's going to be And we can tell awesome. you right off the bat, folks, this is going that. to be a reoccurring thing. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Gonna it's going to be a great time. Oh, shit. Um, I know, I know going forward, I think I'm going to start watching NXT again. I think it's, it's still a great product and they deserve the view and I like watching it and I like watching it and not just seeing the same shit I just saw on TakeOver. Like it's been two weeks and Adam Cole hasn't been on the show. So it's like, yeah, I I dig it. Right. That's very good. Right. You don't get burnt out on folks. Yeah, so with that being said, of course, as always... My name is Pasty. From the bottom of a bourbon bottle, this has been Beef Sticks Podcast. Do you have...